Since Celestial Being began operations, conflicts around the world have decreased by 38%. 63% of corporations involved in weapons production have announced they will leave the industry. If we go strictly by these numbers, we've achieved Veda's operational predictions. The problem is we've exposed both Dynamis's high-altitude firing capability and GN-004 Nodle to the world. And then, there's Setsuna Fseye. Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast. Let's give Double O a try. My name is Jeremy. I'm freshly shaved. I'm Tyler. I am not. My name is Zach. Today we are watching episode 14 of Gundam Double O, Dawn of Determination. Uh, it's one of those slow ones, although I have a lot of problems with this whole little arc, starting with this episode. Yeah, no, I mean, there are quite a few problems with this little arc here. Is it the, like, Coalitions of Nations arc? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Is that what happens, or... The Coalition of Nations saga. Yeah, okay. Romancing to the Three Kingdoms? Yes. The desert is here, but nobody is dawning. We have passed a Patreon milestone, which is our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash lastpodcasts, is over the $50 mark, so we will soon be releasing a Let's Play of Mobile Suit Gundam Journey to Jaburo, if we can get it to work. <laughs> well, we'll get it to work. The question is whether we'll get all the parts we're trying to get to work right now working. I mean, I think more of the question is, is it's going to happen in like a couple weeks or a couple months? <laughs> but that is going to be happening shortly. So if you want some Universal Century content from us, that's where you'll get it. Oh, yeah, I guess we haven't done any, huh? We On Patreon, we released that Shars Counterattack thing. That was That's universal fair. and not a century ago. <laughs> that was pre-COVID. Is Build Divers in the universal century, you think? No. Build Divers is in the dark timeline. <laughs> if you are just joining us for Gundam Double O because of this new shiny opening we got, uh, there are four main characters. There are too many characters. Four of them have Gundams, though. They're Celestial Being. They also have a mom, Sumeragi, who gave them the Gundams and plans all of their missions and lunches <laughs> and also two girls and two guys who are their backup and a chun Li who is their money and the alejandro corner who watches and also uns yeah uh, there are three nations one of them into russia china the human reform league tried to capture a gundam and it cost them a lot of money and they didn't get it they have a soma pierce who is a super soldier i thought you were gonna say the legendary super S saying soma pierce See there, we also got Eagle Union, who has a, a Graham Acre, a Virgo. <laughs> yes. As well as Danny Eifman and Billy. There's Science Division. Also and, both Capricorns. And Daryl and Mason, they're sub-Libras. <laughs> <laughs> also, there is the Legion of Advanced Europeans. I'm sorry, the Union of Advanced Europeans. They just hire mercenaries, including a crazy one who tried to war the Middle East once. And Why surprisingly, so? did not succeed, which... That's usually the easiest thing to do. Well, was he responsible for the war that resulted in Krugis being destroyed? I was going to say, because if he was, then he definitely tried to war the Middle East at least twice and succeeded at least once. 50% ain't bad. Yeah. Also, there's 
Saji and Louise, they are teenagers in Japan. <laughs> and Louise's mom and Saji's sister, who's doing a report on Aelia Schehenberg, the scientist who invented Celestial Being 200 years ago. He's bald. That's what we know about him. And he I also has a monocle. <laughs> yeah, that's actually maybe more important. All right. So we are going to go watch episode 14 of Gundam 00, Dawn of Determination. You can watch along on Crunchyroll or Hulu or DVDs if you have them. I feel like that was angled at me. At Zach, the only person who owns the Gundam 00 DVDs. I'm more trying to imagine the person who owns the Gundam 00 DVDs and listens to our podcast and has not watched them, which is Zach. Hi. <laughs> so we begin on a JNN special news feature. Featuring Master of Ceremonies. Satoshi Yagushi. And his co-host doesn't get a name. Who has this expression on her face that just screams, I hate this guy. <laughs> and he's like, according to our research, a bunch of people have disappeared over the last 200 years with doctorates. We can safely assume it must have been celestial beings. Somehow. <laughs> because it takes 10 years to make a mobile suit. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I'm having a hard time tracking how exactly you can assume that Every disappearance of the last 200 years of somebody with a PhD was linked to celestial being. Well, you see, we can safely assume because we're the news. So you're saying their plan has been in motion for over 200 years and then they turn off the TV at the Secret Service. <laughs> where they're like, oh man, damn civilian media. Well, they can't possibly dig any deeper than this. And then another guy's like, sir, your secret meeting is about the secret. <laughs> and we haven't met this guy before, right? No. Nope. He is meeting with two other secret members of secret services. And, and they're like, apparently hey. they haven't met like that in secret since the Solar Power Summit. It's like, hey, Secretly. sorry about your super soldier secrets being unsecreted. <laughs> and they're like, this is unofficial. We're not here to gossip. Let's get to the main subject. Operation Gundam Capture. Oh, wait. No, that was ours. G Project. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that an unofficial meeting is exactly where you're there to gossip. And like, it'll be a great risk. And like, it'll be worth it. If we get the Gundams. Cut to new opening. New opening. I Okay, so I will say, I like the animation on this opening, I think, a little bit better. Just like the scenes that we have. The song is, like, nowhere near as good. It it's adds not bad. in, uh, what's his nuts? Alias Sanchez. He wasn't in the original. Also, Lock on Scar. It's a somber song, and those never work quite as well. Especially since the ending of this song is on the down note. I do absolutely love the scene of Saji and Louise, though. Yes. Where Louise <laughs> throws Saji to the ground, offers him a hand up, and then uh, knots him like it's the <laughs> 90s. It's a perfect encapsulation of their relationship. <laughs> so we do get a uh, quick few shots of the Shars. What I don't like is the entire back half being like one continuous action scene that doesn't go with the song at all. Yeah, that's mostly, I think, why it doesn't work very well. We get one shot of Sumeragi being sad. Like a very askance shot. It's shot at a Dutch angle. I guess it's drawn at a Dutch angle. And a reveal of three other machines. Moon Gundams. From the moon. Are those in any way related to the one you got for Christmas? I don't think so. <laughs> so we cut back from the opening to Lagrange Point 1, where we find out the Union has built one of their space colonies. And in order to build this space colony, they brought a bunch of resource satellites nearby. And that is where Celestial Being has their secret harbor base. For doing maintenance on the Ptolemaeus, apparently. It just occurred to me that they have all this ammunition in the form of asteroids that they could just be hucking at the Earth. That would end war. I mean, you'd also probably end humanity, so that's But it problem. ends war. 
I mean, being very, very technical, you're not wrong. Although I feel like that kind of defeats the purpose of ending war. It also defeats war. <laughs> that's how you get shars, Tyler. Do you want shars? No, oh, that's fair. No, we already have enough. Also, these asteroids don't look apocalyptic. A lot of these seem like they would not survive re-entry. Yeah, I have no idea what the scale is, honestly. So Ian's like, hey, hallelujah, what's up? And hallelujah's like, everything's cool. And Ian's like, you know, this is my job. You could have chillaxed on Earth. And Hallelujah's like, nah, my body is tougher than other people's. That's not really a reason not to take a vacation. Just, just saying. His real reason is he didn't want to have to hang out with all the other Gundam pilots, and he just wants to, like... Well, I mean, clearly the other Gundam pilots didn't want to hang out with each other either, because they fair. scattered to the four winds as soon as they landed. Cut back to Chun-Li's pool on Earth, where Sumeragi and Chun-Li are in fan service outfits. <laughs> Talking about the negative effects of living in space being counteracted by nanomachines. I wonder what we is this. Is this we humanity have invented nanomachines to help people live in space or is this we celestial being have invented nano machines to help people live in space i'm not sure although i do kind of get the feeling from this shot that chun li is talking about this and sumeraki is sleeping yeah I mean, I... she's not because she responds but it just gives you that that impression i'd be interested in knowing how the space colony works vis-a-vis the nano machines Chun-Li asks if Sumeragi disapproves of living to space, and she's like, as a species, I think we're a bit immature, but that's okay. Because it means I get to drink. And Sumeragi goes on to be like, one of life's greatest pleasures is drinking in gravity. The other greatest pleasure is drinking in no gravity. <laughs> and Chun-Li's like, maybe you shouldn't. It's like 11. And Sumeragi's Day drinking like, is bad. Sumeragi's like, I'm also immature. <laughs> Sumeragi's like, you can't get day drunk if you don't start in the day. Cut to Lichty filming them, and Christina's like, you're going to be called a creep for that. And also, Lassie is just doing push-ups, so that's not great. <laughs> and Felt is teaching Haro flowers. So uh, she's like, where are the Meisters? Because all of you people are not fun to be around. None of you are hot. None of you are my hot type at all. <laughs> None of you are Alleluia specifically. She seems to be into Setsuna a little bit this episode, too. That's fair. So... He's like, yeah, Setsuna went home since he has an apartment. He's the most well-adjusted. He's like, I should check in on it. Make sure my robotic dog is still alive. <laughs> I should check on my pet rock. Lock-on went clubbing. And Tiario was like, shut up, mom, and went into the basement. <laughs> and Christina's like, you know what I'm noticing? We have no team spirit. We should go do an obstacle course or something. Have you spent literally any time with the pilots? They hate each other. Yeah, so that's actually, why she's saying they need to go to a paintball place. Actually, you know what? No, they don't hate each other. Tiaria hates everyone, and the others are just kind of like, you are my work friend. Yep. I am off the clock, therefore we are no longer friends. <laughs> Tiaria is checking up with Veda and being like, huh, conflicts around the world have decreased by 38% since we started celestially being. 63% of corporations in the military industry have announced they'll leave the industry. Well, I mean, most most corporations that are in that industry are in, like, ten industries, so it's not really that big of a deal. Although, if there are no military industries, that is probably part of their goal. So, Tiari is like, according to Veda, we're doing well. The problem is that Dynamis has exposed its high-firing capability, and I showed Nodley to the world. I mean, we showed Nodley to the world. (laughs) Also, fucking Setsuna. I hate that asshole. I mean... (laughs) Setsuna seems to have been the one that has placed him in the most direct problem areas, like when he got out of his Gundam. Other than that, like, 
the others have done okay. One of them literally has a split personality, but I guess Tiaria likes that guy more than Sensei. <laughs> well, remember, he went on a bonding exercise with him. True. Does anyone know that Hallelujah has a split personality? I think personality? at this point, everybody knows. It, we know Setsuna, or not Setsuna, um, Sumeragi knows. knows. And Tiaria knows as well, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Kept the Setsuna reading news reports about Azetistan being helped by the UN and how they got solar panels set up. And Lichty gives Lock on a call to be like, hey, man, what's up? There are a couple of uh, girls with Lock on. We can hear them through the phone. And Lichty is very excited to move vicariously through him. <laughs> but Lockon's like, don't ask crass questions like that. But then we see Lockon's just in his car listening to tapes of hot girls fawning over him. <laughs> Why does he have these? I mean, I guess it's to maintain this cover, but... I feel like he could have just been driving and be like, hey, I'm driving. That's a fine cover to have. I, I assume he was uh, just listening to his favorite podcast, Cute Girls Talk at You. I think it's a situation where this was something that he had in the past. That's where he got most of these recordings. I was actually wondering that, too, as a non-joke answer. But now he's kind of gotten to the point where he's grown up is probably not quite the right word, but... I'm trying to imagine the situation where I'm in and two girls are arguing over me and I say, hey, is it cool if I record this? <laughs> no, yes. No, clearly he didn't record. He didn't ask. Fair. Phones exist in the future. So Lockon is just at the memorial to a blowed up church and is like, oh, man, it looks so pretty now. When it blowed up, it was not pretty. We get a flashback of a wee Lockon. And the body bags again. We have seen a lot of this footage before. Well, they're not not body bags. But yeah, they're all, all the bodies that are covered Cut the JNN work. J. Jonah Jameson is like, great news, Kinue. People liked, loved your pictures of Spider-Man. I mean, <laughs> report of Aeolia Shenberg. So we can, uh, you can leave the server room. <laughs> In fact, it's the best rated our show has ever been. And Kinue's like, I can keep working on it? And he's like, yeah, our parent company wants you to. So as long as you want to go take pictures of Doc Ock instead of Spider-Man, you're good. Next, we should cover how celestial being is affecting the world com- world's economy. You should make a list of companies that have gone bankrupt because of Celestial Big. And Kinoe is like, but I want to keep reporting on Sahenberg. I think I'm close to something. And then he basically just warns her, I guess, to not become a conspiracy theorist. Well, I mean, it makes a bit of sense because she's just like, I think they've got a different point. There's a, there, there's a conspiracy theory in this. There's a grassy knoll. With a Gundam standing on top of it. Well, he says, dig too deep and you might not be able to crawl out. So I think he might also know that there's lots of FBI investigating this and such. Because even they were like, well, it sucks that the civilian media knows this, but it's not like they can go any deeper. So presumably they know something that JNN does not. Cut to Luis's mom finally leaving the plot. <laughs> agreeing to let on Luis that Saji loaded up her luggage. And Setsuna <laughs> comes home. Setsuna picks the weirdest point in time to come home. Saji's like, hey, I haven't seen you around. Did you go out of town? And he's like, yeah, something like that. And then, I mean, not, he's not wrong. He definitely did go out of town. I love that Luis's mom or whoever's driving the car just floors it. <laughs> <laughs> and Saji's like, hey, Setsuna, I know it's kind of weird and out of the blue, but are you free today? We're, uh, we're neighbors. I, w- I have a favor I want to ask you. It's about my girlfriend. Cut to the White House, which has gotten real fancy. I like how the White House is actually in front of it. They just built a second practical building behind it. No, see, here's the thing about this. They're just tricking you. The building behind it is actually just the uh, presidential libraries. They've just consolidated them all. It's just a big-ass museum. The president <laughs> still lives in the White House. Someone asked the president if he's read the briefing for Project G. 
And he's like, yes, but I don't know if Maru Ramius is the right captain. Like, is she a mechanic or a captain or I don't get it. <laughs> How's and, the orb coming along? <laughs> anyway, it's weird that they the operations is taking place where Russia buried in rich uranium. But I guess it makes sense. But anyway, since we're going to do Project G there, it's now the G spot. Cut to the advanced European council where they're like, ah, people hate us for that Moralia stuff. But as long as we win and take a Gundam, no one will care. And if we yeah, don't like we, we have to deploy as many gun or many mobiles as possible so that we can get a Gundam. No matter the cost. I mean, it does make some sense because he who gets a Gundam is going to be so far ahead by just back engineering it. Reverse engineering. That's the word I'm looking for. Also, the human reform league president is like, we shall rule the world if we get a Gundam. Then we go back to M Swad, where they're adding more characters. Oh, also, they came up with an official name for the Anti-Gundam Task Force. It's the Overflags, which is a terrible name. It is an absolutely terrible name. It's better than Anti-Gundam Task Force. No, it's is not. It? <laughs> it's less descriptive. So, as my co-host said, they're going to get more pilots. And Graham's like, that's why we're here, to see with our binoculars as they come. And we see a squad of flags flying in. Twelve of them. And they got personal markings, including Joshua from Alaska. Which I have uh, to wonder, is that a Gundam Seed reference? I, I think it is. To be, it has right? to be. There's also, a Randy from Georgia and Stuart from Illinois. Apparently, if somebody already <laughs> has your name in the Union military, you are not allowed to be a, a flag pilot if someone already has that name. Well, it's name-state combination. So there's like Stuart from Georgia. No one cares about that guy. But Stuart from Illinois... But if you join the military and want to be a flag pilot, and your name is also Stuart from Illinois, you either have to change your name or you can't be a flag pilot, right? Or you can move. <laughs> and be Stuart from Michigan. Yep. You can just be billed from somewhere else. <laughs> I love that the dub gives all of these characters ridiculous different American accents. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'm a little sad I didn't watch the dub. And apparently all of their, gu- all of their flags are going to be customized by old Danny himself. He actually just, like, spray paints little hearts on them and stuff. (laughs) He bedazzles them. (laughs) So Graham is like, we got 12 dudes, so I have to imagine something large-scale is about to happen. They don't just give you 12 dudes. Well, I feel like at this point they actually have 15 dudes, because those three plus the 12 that just showed up. Yeah, but I don't think Graham considers his friends dudes. They're his friends. He has two friends and 12 dudes on his (laughs) squad. Cut the Soma, who's asking her dad if they're about to deploy. And her dad is like, yeah, but I don't know the details yet. I hear it's going to be a large-scale operation, though. And Soma's like, I shall uh, precisely follow all of your orders, sir. And he's like, relax. And she's like, yes, sir, I (laughs) shall relax at maximum efficiency. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty good scene. That is a stupid trope, and it appears in a lot of places, usually for actual comic effect. The fact that it is played totally straight here (laughs) makes it so much funnier. Soma is a precious jelly bean. I feel like it's almost played for tragedy. It depends, because, like, uh, Full Metal Panic, Sosuke's entire thing is not being able to get out of military mindset type of deal. So we cut to an AEU airbase where Patrick Collisar makes out into this scene and <laughs> to save this episode with the hot blonde girl. And he goes, sorry, babe. Daddy's got to go to work. <laughs> it's I'll make so it dumb. up then he just next time. Wink. He just vaults over the side of the car like six feet. Then jumps into, like, the briefing room and is immediately decked. Before he could even salute. As he is saluting. 
being told, hey, you're late. And she, he's like, damn it, woman, how dare you hit a man's face? So she hits him again. Because <laughs> uh, Cotty Mannequin is the best. Colonel Cotty Mannequin. She will not die this episode. <laughs> she is the mission commander of the mobile suit team, and Patrick Collisar is definitely into this relationship. Yep. He's like, oh, man, she's hot. I'm in love. I'm so sorry, man, for being late. Let me be a good boy. So we cut to some footage of the Exia in Azetistan taking the religious leader back to the palace. And Alejandro Corner is blowing it up for his big screen. He's like, man, they're acting like martyrs. They'll never eradicate war like that. And Ribbons postulates that perhaps they've mistaken the abilities of the Gundams for the powers of God. A weirdly specific thing to say, Ribbons. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just met Setsuna before. And Corridor is like, that would be foolish. They're just weapons. They were made to accomplish certain objectives and kill peeps. Well, I mean, they're military. They're a piece of military hardware. Of course, they were developed to kill people and be good at it. Cut to Sumeragi in the shower. Not as good as Lovely Patrick Collisar making out, but man, that hair. Also, she got the most amazing, like, ba sheep message for her, like, it's voicemail. Really funny. <laughs> it's like sheep.exe. If you Google that, I'm pretty sure this is what you found. <laughs> it's in Warcraft 2, I know. <laughs> It's the same sheep message sound actually as in Minecraft. So she rushes out of the shower and Billy's left a video voicemail. For a second, I was like, is this actually on voicemail or is this a uh, is this a live call as she's standing there with the towel in a bathrobe? Anyway, on her civilian line, Billy has given her da 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 an eye catch. Correct. As we keep harping on, we're about to find out that Sumeragi is being told that there's a trap being set for the Gundam Meisters, and then no one does anything about it. But you know what's not a trap? Listening to this episode. I think. I don't know. I didn't intentionally lay one, but hey, I can't speak for everyone. Who knows? There's a lot of people out there. Anyway, hi, and thank you for listening to episode 14 with us, the one in which we all start to get bored with Gundam 00 again, because man, wow, this was some plot that happened. Anyway, hey, here's a quick obligatory plug for our Patreon, where you can go listen to some more Gundam stuff. For example, did you know that What's a Gundam, the podcast where Kevin and Jeremy talk about Gundam Wing, is on episode 25? That's a lot of Gundam Wing. Anywho, that's all for my plug. Let's go fall into an obvious trap, but we're doing it together. But it turns out he actually sent her government secrets. Well, so first we cut back from that very, very dramatic cliffhanger to Louise crying into a pillow and Saji and Setsuna just kind of awkwardly sitting there watching her cry. Saji has at least gotten Setsuna a pizza. (laughs) I had not noticed that before. That is amazing. And Saji's like, yeah, I hoped if we had more people around, Luis would be distracted. I don't think it worked. Or no, uh, yeah, Setsuna's just like, I don't think it worked. Setsuna's like, what's the big deal? You're sad because your mom left? You can it's see not her whenever like you want. died. It's not like you have a tragic backstory like us on the bro couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, he's not wrong. Luis is just a brat. Because, like, both of them, Saji and Setsuna, don't have parents. Yep. So it's like... I do love her immediate reaction to telling Saji to hit or punch Setsuna. <laughs> and as Although, Saji's protesting, those are the same thing. She has an amazingly animated cushion throw at Saji. Just, it's just so at good. When, when Saji s- stands up, the shot has Setsuna basically like looking like he's sitting where Saji was sitting. And the side of the, of the sofa that he was on is now completely vacant. So Saji's like, hey, I'm sorry, my girlfriend is this way. And Setsuna's like, you guys are so peaceful. <laughs> I'm leaving. 
I'm I sorry, something came up. I left a food in the oven before I went out of town. <laughs> I, have to, <laughs> I have to feed my pet rock. I mean, something did come up, but it's, he got a text message. It's not like he has to leave right now. So this is such a weird scene, because I actually read uh, as Setsuna being kind of uncomfortable in this situation, but appreciative of it. I get the same feeling, and I do feel like whatever the thing that they got is actually a, like, rep- you know, you need to report for action type of situation. But it's not really. It's a text message from Sumeragi being like, hey, some stuff's going to happen in a couple days. Although it also could be just a situation where he is, it is an awkward situation for him. And he's like, I got to duck out of this or else it's going to mess me up. So this is a really good reason for me to ditch. And of course, Louise yells at him as he leaves. Cut back to Sumeragi telling everybody at Chun-Li's pool what's going on. <laughs> Chun-Li's agents confirm that all three nations are gathering military forces together for some sort of exercise. And is that just me, or does this just scream, this is a trap for you guys, so you should probably not show up? I feel like they all know that. They do. Baragi has literally seen the plan. And yet they still fuck it up. Anyway, they're like, why are the three sides so chummy all of a sudden? And felt like it's our fault. I love how she's just holding the haro. So Sumeragi goes on, after failing to capture us, the HRL had to team up with somebody in order to help. And that somebody was everybody. So Lassie's like, well, if it's just a joint military exercise, we don't have to intervene, right? But is like, no, we must, for you see, enriched uranium and terrorists. He says they're not holding an exercise this big just to hold us in check. And my immediate thing is, of course not. It's to capture all of you. But Sumeragi's like, my genius forecasting says I have to deploy you guys. So enjoy your vacation while you can. And I do love that Christina's like, Felt, shopping now. And Felt's like, but I don't <laughs> like shopping. And Christina's like, shopping now. As uh, Felt just holds the haro. So like, it's like, hey, Lassie, do you want to like? And Lassie's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Tiara muses that even Veda did not predict that this would happen so quickly. And then we cut to Cafe Bar, my favorite place to eat food, drink. <laughs> eat food and drink. I mean... Maybe they just change it so that instead of actually having names, now all like bars and whatnot have to have them labeled so that people know what they're getting themselves into. I like the idea that it's neon sign, and in in theory, you're supposed to have cafe lit up during the day and bar lit up at night, but the employees are too lazy lazy to change it. (laughs) So Billy's here talking to Sumeragi, and she's like, hey, that was a weird disturbing file you sent me. Is it real? And Billy's like, let's call it a simulation, huh? That seems like a good excuse. And Sumeragi's like, uh, I don't think you can capture a Gundam. I think they probably have some secret spy fluid you don't even know about. <laughs> well, I mean, Sumeragi's response does make a lot of sense. We don't know anything about them. And they there might have could more even than... be more of them. But it's like, I don't think that. You could easily hide exactly four mobile suits if you built them. <laughs> but if you built five. So Billy's like, what would you do if you were in charge? And Sumeragi's like, you already know that. And Billy kind of looks down and is like, yeah. You're right. We can't defeat the Gundams with our current forces. But But if we surround them with overwhelming numbers and exhaust the pilots, which would also exhaust your own troops, like, that's not just a one-way street unless you're going to hop everybody up on Monster for 24 hours. (laughs) Or or send them in shifts. That's the advantage of numbers, right? The amount of of damage that they've already shown the Gundams to be capable of, even sending them in shifts is not exactly a... uh, reliable means of doing significant damage to them because you don't know hey we sent in shift a and they wiped them out then shift a or shift b went in and they wiped them out yeah 
the, the Chinese way of fighting. <laughs> I feel numbers like numbers have a our quantity has a quality all its own. Human it wave does. tactics. Okay, when he here's a gun, here's some ammunition. When he dies, <laughs> Sumeragi suggests they might have an autopilot, and in the worst case, they could always self destruct to avoid capture. And Billy's like, ah, I see you have been analyzing celestial being during your free time. Which is a wild conclusion to come to, I considering mean, their obvious logical conclusions. Yeah, they're, they're significantly geared around, like, secrecy, so it makes sense that just self-destruct would be a significant part of their repertoire. And Simurai is like, mm, don't say it like that. Mm. I don't, I'm not analyzing celestial being, they're just signing my paychecks. And so Sumeragi leaves being like, hey, don't worry, I didn't copy that file. Although the fact that you just gave it to me proves you are terrible at your job. <laughs> uh, yeah, because that, that has got to be top secret that she doesn't necessarily. Well, actually, what level of clearance do we think Sumeragi still has? Because those don't go away immediately most of the time. Those go away immediately. That depends on the clearance. You, you need to have an active sponsor. And if right, she... at least at the top level of clearances. Yeah. So, and if no one's sponsoring you, you no longer have a clearance. It's really easy to get your clearance back if it hasn't expired, but you don't have a clearance if you are not actively sponsored. So, Billy's like, hey, you want to come back by the base? Professor Eifman wanted to see you after everything that happened in your tragic backstory we haven't revealed yet. Simaragi's like, sorry, I've got other plans. I'm saving that for five episodes from now. I've got a, I've got a date with a, with a guy named Jack. And Billy's like, oh, is somebody waiting for you? And she's like, oh, what if there was? And Billy's like, I would be jealous. And she's like, sorry, I really did have other plans. See you later, though. And Billy's like, I am so desperate that I will take that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she handed him a stick. What is on that stick? Is it her analysis? No, I believe it's the plans that they're literally going to go jump themselves into. But he sent those to her digitally. Why did she make a copy of them and then give those back to him? Symbology. Because, because <laughs> no. it would not be great if she took out her phone and emailed them back to him. <laughs> no, no. see, here's the thing. What we didn't see in the previous scene was the special courier from DHL dropping the stick off. Oh, uh, okay, that makes sense. Cut back to the pool, where they are listening to the radio, I guess, talk about this giant exercise that's about to happen between the three militaries, which they are saying is to help protect the orbital elevators, which I suppose makes sense. The news reporter's looking super duper determined at this. This is so weird. Especially since presumably they are responsible for this report in some way. We then cut back to the flags, which we see have been customized by Eifman as promised. But Daryl's like, are these going to do any good against the Gundams, though? But then Joshua shows up and he's like, cowardly even before we start, huh? I guess Lieutenant Graham sucks. <laughs> and like, you take that back. He is a captain now. <laughs> he was promoted with the squadron's formation, which is actually a bit of information. That we didn't have already. And he's, he responds, did he kill his commanding officer again? I'm like, this, this seems is like a information weird we should have gotten already. And this seems very, very weird to phrase it based <laughs> on the fact that this is literally your boss now. I'm having flashbacks of G-Savior. Did you disobey your commanding officer again? <laughs> oh, is Graham just Mark, but he got transferred to this world? <laughs> Daryl says it's a baseless accusation, but... Joshua's like, you should be careful. You don't want to get shot down by your precious captain. Well, I mean, if he's only aced technically his commanding officers, then I guess his subordinates are safe. Also, I don't think we ever actually get Joshua's name this episode. He's just some douche. <laughs> he is the squadron's dick. Yeah, douche from the shadows. 
So Graham walks up and is like, hey, I don't care what you think. I'm going to exonerate myself with my actions on the battlefield. That's how that works, right? That's how us Virgos do it. <laughs> it took me a moment to parse what you said. <laughs> so Chun Li says something about the Human Reform League sending their mobile suits off and. Apparently, Sumeragi is so accurate that she's basically guessing. What I don't like is Brutler is like, how do you know that? And like, we know she runs a spy network. There are so many ways she could know that. Yeah, like, that's a good point. So Sumeragi's in the basement and Tiara shows down. I was like, mom, get off my computer. <laughs> and, and she's, she's like, like, are you winning, son? <laughs> and she's like, hey, there's enriched uranium here. So terrorists are going to try to steal it. I don't know which terrorist organization, because then we could stop them in advance. But either the union or the HRL leaked this information, and they chose the spot. So it's clearly bait for us. But if it's attacked by terrorists, it could create nuclear fallout all over the world. So we have no choice. We'll have no choice, but we'll be dev- we'll be jumping straight into an entire um, enemy military exercise. It's like, uh, there's a military, ex- there's like literally hundreds of people already there. I mean, so it's already to... going to be a really bad look if any terrorists get their hands on it with literally everyone's military standing on it. I think we're supposed to take this as as before. A celestial being has to intervene because if the military stops, that's literally conflict. But it does read as, hey, maybe we should come up with a better plan than what they're going to do, which yeah, is an awful plan. Especially because it's like we have to intervene. OK, fine. You could send in. All four of them at the same time as one unit, you know, like someone with a brain. No. Or couldn't the dynamist, like, snipe from orbit? If it can snipe into orbit, can it snipe down onto orbit? Onto I think it Earth? has into before. Orbit? No, we haven't seen it shoot down into the Earth's gravity. And Sumeragi even says, no, they're going to go on the offensive and try to capture the Gundam. So they know they're walking into a trap, and their plan still seems awful. But Tiara is like, we must act, for we are celestial being. To Gundam Meisters, our mission and objectives are more important than our life. I speak for all of us. They would definitely feel this way if they were here. <laughs> and Sassuna just shrugs, I am a Gundam. Well, I mean, from what they've already kind of presented to us, it does seem like that would be their attitude. And I think they thought this was an eventuality they'd have to go for anyway, but it just seems like they're really unprepared when they get into the situation and we're just like oh sumeragi's so good at plans her plan seems quite bad <laughs> yeah like i mean if, if it had actually been a obviously we'll get into it more, the actual plan more in the next episode it just seems like this is a trap why don't you seem to have a plan for dealing with the trap because plot contrivance I even feel like you could, we'll get to, into it next episode, like Zach said, but I feel like you could even write this plot with them having a plan and just have their plan get counteracted. And then somebody on the side of the three nations gets to look cool. Yeah, like if Sergei had figured something out, or even better, Graham, because we haven't had Graham be presented as a particularly good tactical thinker yet, whereas Sergei, we've already had him called out as a good one. Is Graham a good tactical thinker, or is we he just a really know. good pilot? We don't know. Like, literally, we know nothing about Graham besides he's been set up at opposite sets. Yes, we, we know, do. He's we, a Virgo. Okay, and he know, shot his commanding officer. <laughs> <laughs> we know he was accused of shooting his commanding officer, but that's like, we know he's a good pilot, and that's pretty much it for the important information about this major character. We kind of know his personality, too. We know that he is kind of a good guy. He puts his morality above his mission. But also, he's kind of a hothead. Yes. A Virgo. <laughs> so Christina calls Setsuna and is like, hey, meet us tomorrow. Hey, Why what's is X-E in the middle of fucking nowhere? 
what trouble are you going to get up to now, Setsuna? I mean, I'm not going to rat on you. I ain't no snitch. But <laughs> I mean, that, that is something that we have already seen from Christina, that she ain't no snitch. She's not going to rat people out. So cut to Marina sleeping in her bed, looking all peaceful-like when there's some wind blowing. Which wakes her up. And she sees, and, oh no, it's a shadow. She sees Batman has entered her room. And she's like, what? How did he get past my bodyguards? <laughs> but then she sees, it's Setsuna just walking into her room from her window like a creeper. Like, dressed in his full scarf. <laughs> like, this is not sneaking outfit no. at all. And he's like, tell me, why is this world so twisted? Why like, am I in a Metal Gear cutscene? <laughs> this is such a... This is such a weird, like, non-sequitur for the rest of the episode that it made me initially wonder if this was just some kind of weird, whacked-out vision Marina was having. She's like, I don't know, I just woke up. It seems really strange, right? Like, even from Setsuna's point of view, like, I get that these are questions on his head, and I even kind of get that Marina is the only character he's talked to for any length of time in the series, but it seems super weird for him to show up in the middle of the night, wake her up, say, hey, is it this God's fault or man's fault? And then leave before he gets the answer. Spoilers. <laughs> like, I feel like she's still trying to wake up and she replies to him, but then looks up and Setsuna has Batmaned his way away. And she's like, yeah, God's fair and people can understand each other, but the world is still twisted beyond hope. So I don't know, man. We have to learn to understand each other better at your God. <laughs> mother he, he, went, he drove all the way here and didn't even wait for her to answer I, the expression on her face really just says like what the <laughs> hell was that i'm not upset i'm just confused <laughs> also how do you keep getting in here this is the and first then, time he's got in here to be fair yeah and that's then fair. he gets back in exia <laughs> in his full flight suit which apparently he took the time to put on yeah, it would have been way better if he was there in the flight suit, I think. Yeah, that would make sense. Cut to a French Foreign Legion base, where they're like, uh, Colonel, that person you're waiting for is here. And hey, it's well-kept, shaved Aliel Sanchez. <laughs> Buy all our play sets and toys. <laughs> now stubble free. <laughs> He's like, hey, you got a secret mission for my team? And he's like, you'll have to read the details, because I don't know them. All I was supposed to do was hand you those orders and then throw you out. And give you the Agrisa. And he's like, the Agrisa? That was that cool mobile weapon from the fifth solar power war, wasn't it? And they're like, yes, that is, in fact, the correct exposition You'll here. You'll find the pickup point for that in the orders as well. The orders, I don't know what's in them. Well, to be fair, he also said he had to give them the Agrisa. So presumably he said, there's that. But yes, but that also made me think that they were like, it was on oh. his base. But he says the pickup point for the Agrisa is in the orders. So it's like, does he not actually know where it is? Yeah, I don't think so. So Sanchez calls himself Second Lieutenant Gary Biaggi. And he's like, legit, legit man accepts these orders. Legitly. <laughs> I will commence this secret mission immediately. And then as soon as he's out of the building, he lets his ponytail down so his hair can fray out. No and, one recognizes me when I keep my hair up. And he's like, this is going to be such a cool war. And I'm, that's I'm the best friends with the major from Helsing Ultimate. And that's the end of the episode. Um, I think this is a new ending. It is. Also, uh, because we definitely get to see a, a scene of Lock-On giving Cessna a haircut. And that's hilarious to we me. We also see Tiaria doing science or cooking. I'm not sure. I think it's cooking. Because it, it kind of gives the impression that this is like a beach getaway that these four are on. Well, you don't think Tiaria would do science on the beach? <laughs> no, but because uh, Alleluia is peeling an apple. Hear me out. They're making cocktails. 
for Sumeragi. No, Setsuna isn't old enough to drink. They're starting with mocktails. Yeah, this episode doesn't do a lot for me. Yeah, no, it sure was setting a bunch of stuff up. It wasn't particularly dramatic. I don't know. I feel like the Saji and Louise stuff works for me, and Setsuna hanging out with them for two minutes works. I get what they're going for with the Setsuna and Marina bit, but they don't let that get anywhere. I mean, it is funny for Setsuna to pop up Batman his way away before she finishes <laughs> answering his question. It's just weirdly out of place. Do you have a high point, Tyler? That's a good question. I'm not sure I do. Come back to me. I'll, I'll come up with one. Zach? Louise, because she's freaking hilarious. Mine, and the rest of this episode is kind of bad. Or mediocre, I guess. Yep, mine is going to be Patrick Collisar getting decked. Oh, that is also <laughs> really great. I think it's actually the scene between Billy and Sumeragi for me, because that is like an actually pretty decently written scene. It's the only interesting part of this episode. Do you have a low point, Tyler? The rest of the episode. No, I actually, I'm, I'm going to say it's a uh, exposition douche coming out of the shadows. And like, it's just so poorly written. It's such it an awkward scene. Yeah, he just literally exists there to give us this exposition about Graham. Yeah, I think also to establish tension on the new team. But yeah. Yeah, but, like, he's not even a named character yet. Come yeah, it's, on. it's so clunky. Unless we'd seen him, like, earlier on in the series and there'd been some tension between them and now he's on the team. Even if we had gotten a scene of him landing his flag and then flipping someone off, <laughs> like, or, anything. Or, like, when they, they're all, you know, giving the names and it's like, oh, it's him. You know, that kind of thing. What about you, Zach? What's your look like? How could you possibly know that? Aside from our network of spies. And our supercomputer and our forecaster. No, they, they go with the forecaster is the reason why she knows. But the reason why she knows is because Miss Sumeragi is a great tactical forecaster, not their supercomputer or their legion of spies. Oi, that's uh, not very good. What's yours, Jeremy? Sets in up being like, hey, Marina, can you give me some philosophical buy? <laughs> give me f some philosophical advice here at 1 a.m. while you're half asleep i forgot about time zone sorry <laughs> i'm pretty sure if somebody were to ask me some kind of deep philosophical question right after i woke up my first answer would be something along the lines of pancakes yeah buy me pancakes first but you have Feed to buy me them first them. you can't make them yourself do you have an mvp tyler uh yeah it's actually gonna be marina for putting up with <laughs> sets and just showing up at two in the morning zach uh I think I'm just going to give it to Louise because she made me smile in this episode and there's not a lot else in this episode. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Patrick Collisar for literally going from making out with a chick on top to being like, ooh, I can be a bottom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is actually a really funny scene. It's like, wow, am I into this? I fucking love Patrick Collisar. <laughs> he is such an asshole. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to go ahead and do it. Do we have any final thoughts? Like I said, this episode is incredibly mad in my opinion. I, like I said, I think this is actually where I kind of fell off the wagon. Like, this is where it started for me. When I actually was into Double Lot, I think this might have been where I hit that stumbling block. Yeah, especially after the last streak of, like, some pretty good episodes in a row. And then this one is, this sure was an episode. It's a momentum killer, that's for sure. Yep. All right, it's a Gundam will return in Broken Wings.
Sorry, babe, but daddy's gotta go.